that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course the tote.co.uk all the way through the national hunt season. It's myself, Dean Ryan, in the towers of bookmakers.co.uk and Dermot Lawn is here. You're back. Hello, Dino. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good, good. You're screaming that in my ear. I have missed that. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't, I can never figure out the levels on this microphone that uh, work at me. So it's, um, it's kind of all over the place. But, but look, I'm happy to be here, Dean. If the listeners were not awake after too much overindulgence after Christmas, they are now. It's good to have you, Dammit. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I think you called him Lord Paddington the other day, but Paddy Aspel is back. Paddy, how are you? I think that uh, Dermot Nolan needs a, something a bit stronger in his mouth. He's just far too free on the front end there, isn't he? <laughs> he is, yeah. He's not, he's not getting hold that bit. I'm like Blue Noodles boy back in the day, Paddy. <laughs> how are we doing, boy? Yeah, good, Paddy, good. How was your uh, Christmas and, and New Year celebration? Do you have fun? Yeah, really good, really good. Really enjoyed it and absolutely delighted to have so much racing on the go and plenty of football absolutely. as well. So really couldn't fault it. And I, it, we're, we're in that sort of period now where, you know, you find yourself sat on the sofa and you're just kind of looking around the room a little bit, aren't you? Because you know, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're missing all the good stuff because we, we got pretty much spoiled, didn't we? We did, we did, and it was it was class all the way. In fairness, and uh, I always find this little section actually between now and I don't know maybe the Dublin Racing Festival or a few other big key trial dates a little bit quiet, which is a good thing because now we get a chance to review all of that Christmas racing, which is what we'll do on the Race Hour podcast today. Of course, uh, don't forget on Friday we'll have uh, Jamie Benson from the Tote, uh, myself and Darren Hughes as Dermo is off. Uh, uh, well, moving out, Demo. Fair play, but um, yeah, Demo is off doing other things. So we'll have us go through. I think Sandown is a 250k guaranteed pot this weekend. So we'll try and crack that for the tote and come up with some weekend selections. We won't totally dismiss the weekend racing on this week's podcast, but it's all about the Christmas review. We were treated, as Paddy said, to some absolutely fantastic racing. Before we get stuck into it, though, Paddy, you remember last time you were on here, we talked about those whip rule changes. Um, yeah, they've they've gone and meddled with it again. Apparently, according to Matt Chapman, Ryan Moore has been leading the way for change all the way over from Hong Kong, which I think where he is at the minute, um, in getting some of these things changed. It doesn't really matter what they change, though, Paddy, does it? We're still pandering. I think so. Um, and I did read that about uh, Ryan Moore's involvement in it. And I mean, look, it's happened quite a bit with several rules, to be honest, Dino. Like it's tinkering and, you know, whether it's, I just think it's pointless tinkering, but yeah, they've 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 moved the goalposts ever so slightly again. They've reduced the hits by one uh, under 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 both codes, but they still have yep. they, they they still have left this disqualification thing in. But they have. You, you've got to- that was the biggest issue for me. That was the biggest issue for me. I mean, uh, I just I, I saw Matt Chapman tweeting there yesterday that uh, this is a, a big win and isn't it great we can all move forward from here. We can't move forward. We're only moving backwards, Matt. Uh, that would be my point. I think I tweeted him, but not that he would read what I tweeted him and just said absolute nonsense. But, you know, who am I, Paddy? These guys have paid a lot of money to come up with these rules. This is what they've come up with. Yeah, I, I, honestly, uh, I just think, I mean, the thing is when people were asking, oh, well, you know, the the... the the jockeys they've gotten into like the final furlong of this stage and now they're protesting. But I think 
the the realization amongst the jockeys pretty it it, it surfaced because the, the stipendry stewards were telling them the last few weeks when, when jockeys came in after races when the new rules come in you would have got such and such for the offense you just committed so their ears were picking yeah. up and all of a sudden they were thinking well oh, this is going to be harder than what we envisaged so i think that it, it wasn't just that because the time had come now they were they were putting their foot down it was because i think that things were hitting home so i mean yeah in a way i feel sorry for for tom scudamore and, and, and pj because i think we're always going to shoot the messenger a little bit but there was probably not an awful lot of wiggle room here I, like i mentioned you know i think it's just moving the goalposts ever so slightly but and, and look chances are they'll be moved again um, in the night. Oh, they will, of course. So once you start down this road, as we all knew when they first brought in the numbers, it was only going to get worse. And uh, we're, just, we're just pandering to people who actually don't care about racing. It's the opposite way that it should be. But that is the way that it is. Okay, um, why don't we move on then? We'll kick into some of the uh, Christmas racing, which was absolutely fantastic. Uh, we'll kick off with the Stay and Chasers. And of course, Paddy, myself and yourself, um, we're both very keen that Brave Man's Game would go and win a King George. He did just that. He actually did it in really good style. I think he definitely had the beating of the unlucky faller, I guess, at the last, of course, at Lompresse. But um, he did it in great style. He's now a Gold Cup horse, Paddy. He has to be. Oh, without a doubt. And it, it was a little bit of a messy event, wasn't it, to, to visually watch. And I felt for Harry Cobden a little bit because, you know, people think it's quite easy to oh, just go from plan A to, to plan B. But I think if he'd have switched inside, I know um, when when Ruby Walsh, when they broke down the race as well, he, he said he should have made his mind up quicker and just gone there. Uh, but mm. I think it, w- these are quite big decisions in a race. And, and I think he, he probably got the, the, the lesser of the two evils by staying where he was. Because, you know, in all fairness, he knew that the... Um, Long Presse was a good jumper, but he could go slightly to his left. Um, I'd say mm. he, he was hoping that as the race progressed, he would maybe just straighten out a little bit. So, yeah, visually, it was a little bit of an uncomfortable watch from that sense. But I agree with you, Dino. I do think he was definitely getting the better of the argument. Um, Charlie Deutsch said, didn't he, that he thought it was it, it was the sun that maybe caused him to get unseated. But it was just one of them unlucky unseats. You know, he was, all the momentum was was forward with Charlie and he just got pitched out the side door. It you know, happens to, to, to people every day of the week. But I definitely think the Brave Man's game was getting the better of the argument. But this was the first time, you know, I seen him just get a little bit gritty. And, mm. you know, you, you, you did have to dip the tank a bit with him. And I liked what I saw. You know, because he's always been easy on the eye, but I just thought he had to sort of use a bit more of his, what would I say, a little bit of know-how on the day. And I like the way he came through it. I think it, we're we're still firing the 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 argument at him that maybe Cheltenham isn't going to completely be his bag, but I think Nichols has trained his horse along with so many others of his this season. He's trained him so well. Um. And I would be more than confident with this chap going to Cheltenham. He, yeah, he has got it a little bit to prove. But that said, he's been there and he's actually run well at a festival previously. But yep. just because he's not had had some of his finest moments there yet, you'll probably get a bit of value because of that. 
Well, I mean, bookmakers still go around nine to one, which I think is, is very fair value. You know he's not going to run again. That's what Paul Nichols is saying. They'll go straight there. Um, he'll you know, face up again against uh, Lompress, who I think he had comfortably covered at Kempton. Now a bit more of a staying uh, test at Cheltenham, of course. That one's around seven to one. Um, and Gallopin de Champs is, is sat there at the top of the market. Um, Demo, we, I mean, what did you think of Brave Man's game? Would you be now convinced that he could be a Gold Cup horse? We did see a couple of other ones, of course, over the Christmas period. Um, one that you were keen on before was Statler, ran into Manila Indo on a going day, which was, I thought, a big run, actually, from a yep. horse stepping into, into proper company. Didn't think it was bad. Where's your, what's your take? Yeah, and Statler gave Indo £8 that day as well. Um, so yep. it was a definitely, um, I kind of wouldn't mind nearly the album photo first year route that you know if Statler maybe the ground goes wrong at Dublin Racing Festival he goes into the Gold Cup and you never know you could get a very decent price about him then you know um, yeah. but I just thought Braveman's game was brilliant now I was never of the opinion that he wasn't a Cheltenham horse I, I was always actually quite quite critical of uh, Paul Nichols for uh, pulling the horse out that day I just thought it, it was needless and poor really it was uh, out the pram yeah, wasn't it it really was yeah and then it didn't go well from Aintree either so it almost like compounded that mistake if it was a mistake literally because because they emptied him and he um yeah. he was he was he was mentally empty is that what they say always when a horse is ready one day and then doesn't run when they go to the track that you know, they're pretty much ready to go anyway um but yeah. he then came out this year in the charlie hall handled that ground perfectly i just loved the performance i, I love the fact that he kind of half hit one five out four out and harry cobden sat so well and it was one of those moments where you know Actually, Brave Man's game hasn't hit a fence yet. What, you know, how will he respond here? He responded perfectly. He had to be gritty. Mm. I think he was going to win quite easy. Lom Press, I'd forgive. I don't think Lom Press was too much in love with Kempton either, to be honest. Mm. Um, yes, man. I thought he was sticky enough. So Lom Press, if I was a Lom Press fan, I wouldn't be completely out of the way. But I do just think Brave Man's game is a better horse. Proper Gold Cup contender there. I never got the argument he doesn't handle Cheltenham. I thought he ran fine in that Ballymore. He just bumped into... Uh, Gayer de Mayneil in second who's gone on to win grade one since and uh, Bob Ollinger who I know he's gone off the boil but he, he was a very good horse that season um, it's a very very strong race really to finish in the mix stuff. with that is no, it's no harm to say he's not a Cheltenham horse after that it just seems crazy um, so yeah no like really really good and it's a division that's properly warming up now because for a while there it just looked like you know what's actually happening here because a blue tired, obviously, um, out again. Hard to know where that horse is mentally or physically or anything at all. Galloping Deschamps, it's hard to know whether he'll stay. Um, and the further you go down, Protectorat, I still don't think he's good enough. Noble Yates, I don't think he's good enough either. So, yeah, for me, now, unfortunately, Statler isn't as dark as, you know, I was hoping he'd be after the race. He's 10 to 1. He wasn't yeah, missed for that. Yeah, 10. Yeah, you yeah. know, he gave £8 away that day. That was a monstrous run. I'm still Dean, yeah, Statler, I, I, I'm pretty much ready to stick my uh, claim in now and say that, yes, Statler is my Gold Cup horse. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. And I mean, if you are willing to take on Galloping de Champs on the evidence that you've got so far, all right, he's the one with the X factor perhaps in this field. Um, but if you're willing to take him on and he's you've got seven or four around that for a Gold Cup at a minute, you are getting value about the one that you fancy. Paddy, what did you think about um, the Statler Manello Indo run and... Um, yeah, I mean, what did you think of that? We also had Conflated, of course, who won the Savills Chase uh, in Ireland. And maybe that form won't stand out as much as perhaps it should because the others um, have you know, won more higher profile and been up against higher profile rivals at this point. So, I mean, Manila Indo is a very, very classy horse and he's probably yeah. just got a bit more mid-race pace than the Statler 
I thought for horses that really stayed trip well, this turned into a little bit of a dash. Um, I thought when I I didn't see the race live, and then when I seen that the Statler had been beaten, I was like, oh, and I've been beaten by Manila Endo. But when I got home and got sat down and watched it, I mean, I thought this, the the second ran an absolute belter, and really he was only yeah. beaten on the bob. Um, I just yeah. thought he got done for a little bit of boot round more of a speed track, and and. Manila Endo is definitely just got that one or two more gears mid race, and it was a cracking ride, more so by Rachel just to come yeah. out on top. But you know they were an absolute mud clear, sixteen lengths clear of, of a fifty to one poke back in third. So no, it, it was a cracking race on the bob on the day, but I wouldn't be put off that Statler got turned over here and and going forward he would be the one that I'd be happy to be on of the two. Yeah, yeah, I can't disagree with that. I think, you know, we both know that they go so well at Cheltenham. So they're both big players. What did you think of Conflated? Well, I didn't realise that. Uh, obviously, on the track, he is, he'd is he been a little bit inconsistent. And obviously, at the Dublin Racing Festival last year, um, he got a cracking ride off Davy Russell, didn't he? And, and probably mm. it was being put more so down to jockey tactics on the day that he might just have nicked a big one but when you listen to gordon's comments i think this horse had been quite a tricky customer at home hadn't he had to, to train and they said that they'd altered quite a few things with him and he'd settled down and just like just like a few horses the same comment i think could apply dino to a few horses we've seen over the christmas and the new year they've mentally matured uh, and i'm sure one or mm. two horses you, you you know what i'm on about and i think conflated is one of them so maybe he, if he can Put a bit of consistency into his into his armor. You know he could be up there with some of the better ones this year. Um, I I just don't think I don't think we're looking at a better horse. I think we're looking at a more mentally mature horse. And and now he's he's starting to put it all together. And obviously he's got a new jockey on board now. But I I don't I think that argument goes out the window now that it was Davy that was was sort of just getting the better out of this horse. Maybe it was, but I I think mentally. He's just in a better place now and, and actually showing us how, how good he is. But I, no, I thought it was a real tidy effort. Very good. I, you know, I think we've got one of those real old school, exactly what you want, gold cups coming together. Galloping the Champs will, will surely get another run and then we'll have a bit more meat on the bone in terms of what that is like in open company. And it looks like the real deal. But then you throw in Lompresse, uh, uh, Aplutar on a recovery mission, of course. Brave Man's Game, Protector at Noble Yates, Statler, Conflated. And of course, something like Manella Indo when you start getting to the bigger prices. You've got one of these where everyone's going to have a go. So yep. I'm, I have to say I'm super looking forward to it. Could be an absolutely crazy pace, couldn't it? Mm. You know, could be could. really could be one of those renewals now where, because as you say there, there's Galloping Deschamps, they're, they're all going to try and get him off the bridle um, and see what he finds. If he finds something and wins the race, that's absolutely fine. But they are going to try and see if there's any blood in the water there. So I'd say we're in for an absolutely frantic Gold Cup. And that's why I think a horse like Statler, who, as Paddy said, he just didn't have the tactical speed for a track like Tremor. But uh, in a Gold Cup, he, he mightn't exactly need it. Yep. Yep, I think, I think you're right. And, you know, there's always a weather angle at Cheltenham. You never know what it might come down. Like, Royal Pagai didn't run bad in King George. And, like, this horse is in there at 66 to 1 if it was to rain. Um, you know, could definitely build on what it's done before. You've also got the likes of M4 Allen. Um, I mean, Galvin's in there at 100 to 1. If that pitches up back at Cheltenham where it's got such a good record before, that could also run a race. We are set for, um, well, hopefully, Dermo, a proper race. Please, God, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think, you know, we know where we were hanging our hats right now. Probably be Brave Man's game for me and Paddy, although everyone respects Gallop in the Champs. And you're sticking with the Statler train demo, which is fine. I think it's, it's totally fine to have that opinion right now. That's where we're at. What about the champion hurdle? Because um, obviously we're all looking for something to put it up to Constitution Hill. And we got a bit more evidence out of State Man. And Paddy, I thought, State man looks like it's um it is the real deal. In any normal year, with honeysuckle the way that she is and the question marks that there are, State man would be a, a worthy market. Yeah, leader, definitely. I mean, look, it was um it was the Willie show, wasn't it? But but we thought that's what it was going to turn into. But the fact of the matter is, I think the second and the third for me have run the races. It was disappointing, yep. but I think we had it throughout the the festival at leperstown this time that there were more so than not we didn't jump the last hurdle which i always find a little bit unsatisfactory i mean look if the sun's there and they think it's causing an issue it's fine but like we've seen in that race it can cause a bit of scrimmaging i just i just like to see a fair race it wasn't the winning and the losing but it just makes things a little bit tactical and maybe at times a bit unsatisfactory but when they spoke to i mean I've never seen like we we never seem to hear from Paul Townend, and then the whole time over Christmas and New Year, the poor devil, I'd say he's exhausted because you know he's not a big a big talker in interviews, is he? But he wrote that many. He had to talk more than Ed Chamberlain over Christmas. Oh, I'd say God, he done that many interviews, but it was actually a breath of fresh air because he rode so many nice horses over the festive period and and rode so many big winners. He did genuinely look like a guy who was who was just in such a good place. So and therefore he was been a little bit more open and a bit more, you know, we were learning mm. a bit more. Normally you learn nothing with a Paul Townend interview, but um you know, I thought it was interesting when, you know, he was asked by a couple of people about statements jumping and he just said this horse jumped fine uh, first time round, but today there was more uh, there was more speed involved. And, and, and therefore, mm. you know, his his technique is far better. It looked for a strider too, like they were they were maybe going to give him some sort of a scare. But I thought he hit the line quite strong, and yeah, very very likable horse, you know. And and I think we probably forget that it's very very low mileage this horse. Yeah, yeah, and by necessity because the problem they had last year, which ended up them going to handicap route. I mean, this was always going to be a supreme horse demo, wasn't it? It was going to be in the supreme. It was pretty could easily be. Um, you know, the, the top ranking novice there ended up, looks like it is. Yeah, sure, sure. He was punted that Christmas, Dean, in that opening maiden hurdle at the Christmas festival um, at Leperstown. Like, defeat was out of the question. Like, we were just about to sit down and watch the replay. Um, and then mm. he obviously won really, he was going to win really well that day. Pretty obvious. Fell, then went to Limerick under Richie Deegan. Won, and then they looked at the handicap market as you would and went right okay you know we've got a decent enough yeah, market straightforward yeah, yeah um and sure he won that race he could have won with, with me in his back um mm. and i've wintered well but um it, it really was i mean th- th- this race for me kind of capped off what 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 really was a, dep- a depressing enough winter of racing or kind of christmas period of racing from from an irish point of view and just that ah willie so far clear now of everybody it is actually sad um you know as in like I'll get back to why I don't think Vauban will overturn turn to form with uh, Stayman in the month of Sundays. But like a good few Willie's horses, Dean didn't run that well first time out. You know, um, over the last few weeks, Willie's had a had a good few or a decent amount of horses come out first time and just kind of not not really run brilliantly. Willie's known for that anyway. You know, like Gayer Domain was beaten first time out. Um, good few of them do, and um, it's just 
how much stronger is his yard going to get now? You know, like Parminian was poor first time out, but could could well improve for that. Spanish Harlem was poor a few weeks ago, first time out. It's just to have that many winners over four days of racing. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, Irish racing really does does have a problem on its hands here. Um, from a positive point of view, obviously it's great to have all these horses still in Ireland, but there's a real competitive issue at the minute. Um, but back to this race here. Uh, after the race, I saw an awful lot of people say that Vauban is the one to take out of it. I don't agree at all. I think Stateman had him beaten all ends up. I know Vauban needed a run and he'll improve for it, but I think he hit the whole straight up there at Leperstown, which is a decent amount to get closer. And I thought Stateman now was holding him comfortably enough. And afterwards, I, I did love, as Paddy said, how, how effusive, how rarely effusive um, Paul Townend was. Um, so Dean, great race. Had a bit of a moan, though, about uh, <laughs> Willie Mullins domination but uh, still hard to see Constitution Hill beaten really isn't it I'd agree I would agree with with your comments though as well about statement of Vauban Vauban put in a really nice run for a first time up against it in, in open company I think there's loads for them to work on but it's still a baby like and statement looks far more polished and finished out of court and statement will be there number one going into the champion hurdle of course you know all being well and it's fit and well um as, as that market looks now, I mean, Constitution Hill does look relatively unbeatable in what we've seen so far, but there might come a day where it doesn't go to plan. Um, Honeysuckle will definitely go there, Dermo, won't she? She's not going to mess around and go somewhere else. You'd hope not. I mean, if I was Henry de Bromhead and the yard now, I'd be saying to myself that it's either the champion hurdle or nothing, you know. Um, yeah, she's either right or she's not yeah, right. She's right, she she's, runs to the champion. You know, you don't want to go to a mare's hurdle and get beaten there. Like, like this happens all the time with Phillies and mares. There's no, there's no shame in it. You know, they go over the edge. Uh, Stephen Cass on this podcast has been warning this for about three or four years, but the, uh, for two years. But it's, she's either good enough to go for a champion hurdle in which Henry de Bromwood is known to pitch a horse and be able to get them back for one big tilt at something. Which, you know, Indo, like... I don't think people understand how good a training performance that was last year with Manila Indo. He, he was all in. He ends continues beat. to do it. Yeah. Even the yeah. year when he won the Gold Cup, he went into that in absolutely horrific form. And yeah. uh, Henry just gets them back, gets them back, gets them back, and then has them ready for one massive day. And I think Honeysuckle has that huge day in her. I hope it's, I hope it's not fully used up maybe for the Irish champion hurdle, but I do understand why you have to get her 100% right now. Um, but we'll know after that. But either... Sh- in my opinion, either she wins the Irish Champion Hurdle and she she goes to the Champion Hurdle and we'll be we'll be saying, you know, she can't beat Constitution Hill while really believing she can. Or <laughs> um or she ends up going or else she you just retire or maybe give her one last go to punch down champion. Then just keep her home. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Let her have a run at home and, and just congratulate everyone on what an absolutely fantastic mare she's yeah. been. And I agree with you. I mean the champion hurdle to me now it is a is a four horse race, assuming they turn up, because the rest of the betting are not gonna go. So you've got Constitution Hill State man, honeysuckle, Vauban. And if there's anything else to come out of the, the woodwork, I'd be shocked. But if that's the case, you've got honeysuckle and Vauban at 10s. You've got State man at 5s. If you want to take a constitutional, you've got options. You do. Is that fair? That is more than fair, Dean. <laughs> Sorry. The, <laughs> the, the mute button would not impress here on my laptop. Uh, yeah, Dean, that, that is absolutely more than fair. <laughs> All right, final, final word on the champion hurdle. I just want to ask Paddy what he thought of Vauban. That is a young horse stepping up a grade, uh, stepping up into proper company. It was a good first run, Paddy. But can it get to a level to even challenge uh, State Man again or, or Honeysuckle if, if raring to go? And we all know what Constitution Hill is so far. Um, I wouldn't be in the Vauban camp myself. But that, that you know, it's, it's all about yeah. opinions, guys, isn't it? But it, it was a very satisfactory run. I mean, he has obviously shown, though, that he isn't the easiest 
to train maybe um you know as, as so many of these better ones are but no that was more than good enough because I know in the end he was beat four and a quarter lengths but you know Sharjah was five lengths back behind him so no it was, it was yep. a real good comeback I think we we're just glad to to get a look at him and and see him back in action but I didn't really see anything behind statement that day that was was going to change my mind to be honest no, that's fair. That's fair. And with Vauban, a horse like that, they're going to have lots of other things they can go for. Champion Hurdle may well be on the agenda, um, but they can they can mix it and maybe pick, you know, the home race might be the race for them uh, later on uh, in the spring, of course. So we will find out. Okay, well, that's the Champion Hurdle covered. Um, we had a bit of a, well, you know, one of the most open markets now at Cheltenham, of course, is going to be the Stayers Hurdle. Um, you know, Bob Ollinger disappointed in the Jack de Bromhead um Christmas hurdle, of course, but the horse that didn't disappoint, and now this is two times in a row, so it's no fluke at all, was home by the lead, Paddy. Um, JJ Slevin seems to have worked out exactly how to ride the horse. Joseph O'Brien seems to have worked out exactly how to train the horse because this horse has done all sorts of different things getting to this point. But now, one of the co-favourites yeah, for the stairs Yeah, really, isn't it? And another one, you know, just listen to, you know, I, I really do try and engage with these interviews with the jockeys and the trainers because... You know, Joseph spoke mm. really well about this horse. And I mean, sometimes horses just do this, don't they? They just grasp the nettle a little bit and, and they're just in a, a better place. And I suppose we're, we're, we're so good at aftertiming, aren't we? Because when when you look <laughs> into a horse's form, you think, well, no, God, actually, he's never actually run too bad, this horse. And he has got some really solid form in the book, Home by the Lee. But I suppose on the day when... Uh, JJ rode him up in Navin. I just thought it was a just yeah. a masterclass in the saddle. He knew he had the fitness edge, and you know he he rode the race to beat one horse, and if he could beat that horse, he'd win the race. So I thought maybe they'd left a good bit there behind him. But fair play, he was even better again at Leopardstown because the way he travelled in the race a little bit like um, Paisley Park, you know, just travelling better mid race, holding his position. And I, the one thing I did like about Home by the Lee is when the camera zoomed in on him up the running, he's not really doing an awful lot under JJ. I love horses at that that are just dusting in. So you, you, you'd always think mm. that they're, 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 your, your tank is a bit deeper than, than what, what, you, um, what you imagine. So, yeah, fair play. He's, he, he's really one that's popped out onto so many radars now because he's just found this little bit of improvement to take the next step up and, and and that's exactly what he's done and you know he's um he, he's a horse in, in a really good place at the minute by the looks of it absolutely and you know they'll have one target in mind and that's what they're going to go for now and, and fair play to him he's not the he's not the sexy idea of a stairs hurdle winner though demo this market is um is all over the place isn't it home by the lead you've got florin porter who has now let the side down a couple of times but we know what happens to that horse at Cheltenham. And then you've got like classical dream, another in and out kind of type. And if it runs its race, you'll know by the market. Um, I, we're looking for something to come forward, perhaps Blazing Cow when we see him, or perhaps this race demo is set up for a horse that you wouldn't have even imagined will be entered, stepping back from fences or something and coming in and jumping into the mix. Yes, yeah, so, so there's two things that, that are three things actually, Dean, that I think that uh, can define this market. Uh, first of all, Blazing Cal is a horse that I love, but he's just running out of road now. And Charles Burns has said, "If got to get him out." Right? Charles Burns has said a few times now he just keeps having these small niggles and they just can't. They've, they've had him nearly ready to go a few times, and then um, now uh, <laughs> that could be Charles maybe playing the market a little bit. But you know, at, at, at this point, you have to take his word for it. <laughs> the 
I thought Marie's rock was fantastic and I'd nearly be tilting at this race with her. Um, she won't go there, Demo. Like, they, they've got the mare's hurdle at there. Marie's rock was one I was going to highlight as in a horse that you have to pick out that ran over Christmas that has stepped forward. But the mare's hurdle is in her. It's absolutely I hurts. know, but how boring is that, Dean? She's won it already, like. I know that, but... This is the year where you could really... You could really get her breeding category way up with, with an open grade one at Cheltenham. This is the year to go for it. Do you know what though? I'm very biased because obviously I backed her for the race last year. I backed her for the race this year as well at double figures and then a bit again at like nine to one. And I think we spoke about her and here before as one of the most sensible bets for Cheltenham in the, in the mayor's head. And what always happens to me is that they suddenly change where they're going to go. So I'm hoping, you, I'm hoping you're wrong. The only one I've backed now earlier on today is that um, just because he didn't set the world alight over fences on his first start now he didn't have his headgear on which he needs but considering how well he ran in the Albert Barton last year 33 to 1 I've taken about Manella Kakuna for this race yeah. Um, yeah I just think he could drop back in Willie Mullins like classical dream is too unpredictable uh, in my opinion as clearly brilliantly talented as he is but just saying I think Willie Mullins would like to have another bullet at it uh, as much as I haven't been massively in love with all of Willie's novice uh, chasers not all of them some of them obviously um, Nelica Cooner now for me he, he will have a future over fences I do think but I just think there there's there's enough now here that you can attack this race with um, it's it, it's very open, really, really open. I think Manella Kakuner, if he was to run in that Galmai hurdle or something and win it, he could well go from a thirty-three to one into five to one shot. But I, I haven't heard a word whether he, they're even considering it or what. But I just thought Dean yep. a thirty-three to one for a horse of his latent ability uh, was too big a price. I think. Yep, and I mean maybe there's a couple of forgotten horses in here like Tiopu, obviously on the Hatton's Grace. They were talking about that as going for the stairs, but then they had Bob Ollinger in the same ownership. But that one's going to let the side down again, so maybe that one could step it forward. Seems, uh, it seems Liz Nagarasker style year, doesn't it? Do- absolutely does. Um, Paddy, anything catching your eye outside of the obvious, which is the uh, the four co favourites? Uh, nothing really that I think. Nothing that I think will take the the step up like what Home by the Lee has done. Um, you know, it's it's yeah. Put, it's a great bit of training by Emma Lavelle with Paisley Park because who would have said now he was going to put in two performances like that, what he has done? Do you know? Absolutely, and, yeah. I mean, what has she yeah. done with him? To, because, you know, it, it appears he, he's quite a lazy horse at home, uh, reading between the lines. And for, to get him to the track at, at his age now and in, in two consecutive races to go and travel like he did, that's why that's the winning of the races for him now because we know... Paisley Park is always going to be strong at, at the finish, but he's often found himself caught out of his ground by doing what he did. Like I mean, let's not forget this horse refused to race at one point, didn't he? In the in the at, at yeah. Cheltenham one day, so he looked really like he was on the turn at one stage. Tremendous training performance, and I mean, yeah, look, the the, the clock is against him, but it's certainly not showing showing that at the minute. But yeah, I probably for me wouldn't be looking outside the top four in the market here, if I'm honest. Mm. And it is a market that will probably stay a little bit like this unless something drops out or something drops in. And that's um, that's will be fascinating over the next few months to see what happens there. What we'll do now is take a quick break on the race hour. And when we come back, we'll have a look at some of the novice hurdlers, novice chasers that ran over Christmas and how that might have shaken up the markets ahead of uh, the spring and Cheltenham, of course. So we'll do that after this. You're listening to The Race Hour, proudly brought to you in association with The Tote. 
Check out the tote this jump season and find out what you've been missing. Hello and welcome back to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course the tote.co.uk all the way through the National Hunt season. Uh, myself, Dean Ryan, Dermot Nolan is here and Paddy Asport. And before the break, obviously, we went through some of the bigger divisions, Gold Cup, um, Champion Hurdle and the Staying Hurdle, of course, Stayers Hurdle, with uh, eyes on what happened over Christmas and what was to come ahead of the spring. Uh, let's delve into a few of the novice chasers that would have impressed or not impressed, of course, over the Christmas period. Um a, a couple that, that would have caught everyone's eye, of course. Uh, Gayard de Menno was due a win demo, a horse you've always liked. Um, I thought Paul Townend's ride on that one in a race that got very messy um, with a few, and we actually uh, we lost a couple, I think, in that race, which is always sad, of course, and some, some big horses gone. Uh, but Gayard de Menno was given a quieter ride and allowed the race to develop and then came through and did what's always promised to do in a big race. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Gayer Demil really did deserve that. Also paid a handsome tribute to Mighty Potter, despite obviously, as you said, the race sadly falling apart as it yep. did. But Gayer Demil deserved that, and uh, Paul Town and jockeys like Paul Town and sometimes don't get the praise that they deserve because um, because you know he, he's riding so many winners, but he really is riding at the top of his powers at the moment. Yeah. He's he's getting very little wrong, um, and I really thought that, that was also Dean. A very calm ride, but there was a there was a few very very decent performances over Christmas. Saint Wall was good. Um, I know Fieldor made a mistake, but Saint Wall is going to meet that horse in the Arkle now on much better weight terms as well. I, I I'd be with Saint Wall. I think um, really okay, much more much more uh, mature animal now as well. Uh, Dynamo was very good, but I, I wouldn't be getting too excited yet. That was a terrible race, as good as he was. I just wouldn't be getting giddy just yet. I'll wait until the uh, Irish Arkham maybe at the double race. The only thing I took from Dice at Dynamo is he's still alive. He's still alive, uh, but he beat yeah. nothing. And he jumped well. He was very aggressive. I like. No, he's fine. Yeah, but still yeah. absolutely nothing. Uh, but the two that really took my eye out, um, first of all, Jordan Gameford's ride on Jerry Cologne was one of the best rides over Christmas. Uh, he was yep. so calm and collected on him. That was a race that I also thought Brian Hayes of uh, bookmakers.co.uk um, article, he gave adamantly chosen a brilliant ride, completely stayed out the back, didn't get into anything at all, flew home. And it was just what Jordan had hung on to with Jerry Cologne. That was over a trip much shorter than this horse's optimum. Obviously, the ground brought him into it, but Jerry Cologne showed a few gears about him, which he hadn't shown before. Just made me sicker about the Albert Barton last year because I do think he's really talented and I think any horse that beats him in the Brown Advisory Chase uh, will win it. I think he's a really mm-hmm. special horse. Uh, I hope they don't go for the middle trip. I hope they go to the staying race with him. And the, um, Very likely he'll be favourite for that race there, Mark, yeah, think, based and, on what we've seen here. So we'll see Time Hill again maybe. So maybe there's a good Anglo-Irish uh, battle lined up for that race at least yeah yeah <laughs> a weird year for time hill to be going up to the going over fences too with the stairs hurdle really at his mercy now but the um, <laughs> don't talk to me <laughs> but yeah no i i really love jerry cologne and the other one that brian hayes the aforementioned brian hayes mentioned before was brian hayes has put this horse up uh, twice now in his article is working really well at home james burley was outstanding uh you were yeah, there dean I, he was brilliant i was there and was, he has yeah. that power over fence which Kind of a small bit reminiscent of, um, for the want of a better example, but Statler had that same kind of a real go over fence, you know, just the the real e- ease of effort. And I thought James de Berlay was just so powerful. And this was a horse with such a huge reputation and then obviously kind of fell away after it, but was thrown in, not the deep end, he was thrown in off a clip face, really, uh, going to a champion hurdle like that. So him over fences now, middle distance. I, I do think Jerry Colomb and James de Berlay, I do think we saw two... Uh, 
two festival winners. Yeah, absolutely. And there's nothing to say the others um, won't be in the mix. I mean, you'd imagine Gael de Menu will go for that national hunt chase, the three months. Sorry, three, three, three festival winners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that yeah. looks, you know, like a bit of a given at this point because they're sending such a quality animal to that race while they have to split up some of the others. Um, I wanted to ask Paddy actually about James de Berle because we hadn't seen him for a long time. Obviously been well thought of and running the biggest contest when we had seen him before. But um, Daryl Jacob, obviously, at Fairy House for a rare uh, spin, obviously, to give this one a bit of an education. It was a good educational ride, wasn't it? Even though he had the race at his mercy, um, the horse wants to go forward. Ooh. Yeah, it certainly does, Dino. And, you know, it's interesting, Daryl Jacob, he's been popping over there a good bit more now, hasn't he? And I did hear him on, on a podcast the other day, and he sort of said that it's maybe something that will be happening more on a on a regular basis. But I think more so the fact that it's the Crawford's team are in much better order now and they've got loads of them Simon Muneer and Isaac Swade horses so obviously he's a good bit busier and riding plenty of winners but no visually that was very good the other day he is a forward goer but you know he's quick on his feet he knows what he's doing but he hit the line very very strong and you know literally he didn't have to be asked too many questions the other day but yeah visually very very hard not to be impressed by it. Yeah, I thought the questions were for the jockey. Like, how much do you let this one go? And how much do you teach him? Because he seems so, so fresh. He was very, very powerful indeed. They have a, they have a question now about what race they might go for at the Cheltenham Festival. Obviously, it will run beforehand and that will help them. But I thought something like the Turners would probably be um, the right way to go. But obviously, that's where, you know, the likes of Mighty Potter uh, lies. And they've got to try and split them up. What did you make of Dysart Dynamo, another debutante, Paddy? Yeah, I thought he was far more manageable the other day. You know, he's I often found he, he's he's not the most comfortable to watch because, you know, he he's another one. He's a forward goer and he's all action. But, yeah, look, down the back the other day, he did have a cut at one or two, but he's going to learn. Um, you know, he, he wants to take a stride out rather than chip in and uh, put another one in, but that will come with experience. But he never really gave us any real scares and, like you said a minute ago, we're only learning that his heart is still beating, really. But, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, at least he showed that the technique is there. And if he's a little bit more manageable, something that I've noticed, though, lads, I mean, surely you guys have picked up on it as well. A lot of these Mullins novices, especially his hurdlers, and you'll see it in his bumpers as well, they're very, very keen. Mm. You know, like, I mean, I, I know, look, the, the so many of these good horses, because they've got so much ability... The, the others just aren't going fast enough for them. But, God, a lot of these novices are very keen and, and, and we do see some of them get B for it, but the majority of them get away with it because they've got so much ability. But at least some of them, like the likes of, um, um, what's the big horse that, you know, he really looked like he's he's gonna, he, he'd grown up, the, he won at Punchestown. Uh, guy, um, I can't think of his name. Gallop and Deschamps. You know, yep. just mentally, these horses are in a much better place now. And, and so therefore, they're able to put their best foot forward. And yeah, definitely Dysart Dynamo the other day. He showed that he was a little bit more grown up. Not the finished article, um, but yeah, he looks he looks a fair old unit over fences for sure. But it'd be interesting to, to, to see the next question they ask him. Well, they're going to have to go and ask him another question, of course. But you know that John Bond um, Arkell kind of like was already, he's been anointed almost. I mean, six to four or so with the with the, with the the layers out there for an Arkell. But that race is getting trickier because El Fabiolo's come out, Dysart Dynamo's now come out. Uh, you've still got to appreciate it in there. saint um came forward and and Demo said, you know, that's one that he he wouldn't mind for an Arkell. Phil Dore obviously made a mistake in that race, but that that's not quite the penalty kick it looked maybe for John Bond, Paddy? No, maybe not. But the thing about John Bond is... 
he's jumped around some big tracks. You know, then yep. fences down the back of Warwick first time, and now he's been to Sandown, you know, that line along the, the, the railway fences. And you just literally, it appears you cannot even get this horse to make a mistake. Um, yep. You know, there's just very few chinks in his armor. He's taken all the pre-race stuff an awful lot better as well. He's just got the least questions to answer, maybe, the, than some of his rivals. But, yeah, ha- have have we really seen him, you know, being, being obviously he got beat at, at Cheltenham, but, you know, I think there was, there was enough reason there for him to yeah. get beat, considering the early fractions. But so far, what we've seen of him over fences, uh, I, I would struggle to look past John Bond as yet. But still, it's early days, something could pop up yet that that could look to be a a bit scary for John Bond but it's going to be one hell of a race because at least we've got plenty of candidates that are now look willing and more so capable of taking them on that's exactly it and I think you know the price around for John Bond is only going to get bigger as these Irish horses go and pick up something else on route and uh, we end up with a proper challenge against him and I think that's fair Um, Time Hill's come forward Paddy we have to we have to talk about him. I mean, he'll almost be entering veteran stage after his novice season chasing, but um, he, he's right in there for for a, a brown advisor, isn't he? The old RSA. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you've got to take your hat off to Hobbsy because he's stuck to his guns. Yeah. And you, I, I've got to say, not that I was convinced by him over fences, but I never would have given him the label. You know that he was a bad jumper. He was far from it. He was getting up in the air and and he was almost show jumping because you get horses that do go down this route that little bit later in life and you know he was just making sure but the other day there was more cut in the ground uh the popped a pair of cheap pieces on him and he did sharpen up for the couple of runs he'd had i mean he'd been round exeter and then he'd been round newbury mm. and i thought at exeter he traveled very well didn't look as good when he came off the bridle laid on but round newbury uh, on a on a flat track like that on livelier ground, McFablish just had him in top gear. So therefore, he yeah. resorted to self-preservation and he was getting up in the air and he was just making sure. Whereas the other day, he looked far more comfortable getting his toe in. Obviously, that bit of match practice and the cheap pieces on. But I've I've got a I've got a doff my cap to to Hobbsy. No one will know this horse better than him and, and he stuck to his guns because I'm sure there was plenty of people looking and thinking you, you, you're nuts going back into such deep water again over fences and thinking you're going to be competitive and fair play I was all over my fabulous I, I thought he was he, he was the, the, the real deal but there was maybe one or two excuses for him but on the day the way the ground turned up Time Hill came and served it up to him Oh, he did. He did indeed. And if they can keep him straight, we know he likes Cheltenham. Obviously, run well in a couple of stairs hurdles there, and um, and an Albert Bartlett, of course. Um, he'd have to be in the mix. So that is setting up to be a good race. There was only one other horse out of the uh, the novice chasers that I thought I might mention. And Paddy, I throw it to you because I don't think it's in the running order. But you would have seen the real whacker. Um, there's a lot of love around for this for this horse, isn't there? Oh, definitely, without a doubt. And I mean, he doesn't train too far from here um patrick neville patrick neville yeah in, in where uh, in uh, duffield's yard and so but i mean the thing is he's actually got um some nice horses in his stable and the thing about real whacker was the other day i thought in behind he seemed to me to just break their hearts because he got into such a lovely rhythm he's a little bit like facile vega he's a very very easy watch he's got a lovely gait the way he goes along but his fencing the other day was so accurate and so quick 
And Sam Twiston, he knew by the time he jumped two fences, he thought, I'm on, I'm on a real good jumper here. And, and, and there were poetry emotion to watch going round. And, and it's all about rhythm. Apart from one where he got in, in under, from what I could remember, he was foot perfect. And he really did break them horses' hearts in behind. There was, there was maybe one or two slightly underperformed in behind. But nonetheless, I didn't think there was any fluke about it. And he's a lovely, big, tall, scopy horse. And yeah, no, it, was, it, was, it was a fabulous win for Connections. Real good. Yeah, it's nice to see one outside of the obvious names, obvious jockeys, obvious trainers that um, that, that comes to the fore and is well entitled for all the different quotes it's got for the various novice races um, at the festival to come. We'll see the real whacker again and probably to good effect, I would say. Let's talk about some novice hurdlers. Um, demo, plenty of them out over Christmas. I thought one that was super interesting was that really highly flat rated high definition. He wasn't punted off the boards or anything at Leopardstown, but came and did it in good style. Yeah, Parmidian was all the talk. Uh, Exactly, yeah. Um, all the talk all together. Um, everybody had him. And the high definition was just really good. And JJ Slevin rode him like he knew he, he was going to win as well. Um, JJ and Joseph O'Brien just had a superb Christmas. The two of them were just brilliant. Um, but yeah. high definition, um, really good. Jumped, uh, jumping can improve and everything else, which just would kind of make you even more excited about him. Um, and that Joseph O'Brien's move to bring Brendan Powell into the yard, that, you know, that they just seem to be kind of... A, a, a more well-rounded jumps yard now when they do have the few coming out. Uh, he was brilliant. I thought Dark Raven on the same day was exceptional as well. Um, the green and green maybe have just been maybe just short of a really, really good one. Um, and he looked, he to me now, he, he looked excellent. Interested to see what to do with him. Um, lost him out. I kind of lumped her in here, but she's uh, she was very good as well, obviously. Um, and then Fasel Vega. I'm not mad about Fasel Vega. Um, no, nor me. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it, it's almost effortless, but also no no wow factor. Yeah, he doesn't have that, you know, he doesn't have the Vega kind of pickup. Do you know what I mean? She'd get there and she'd just, it was almost like going from dropping down a gear, going up a hill nearly with her. Is it fair to say he's more Sagerhard than Quivega? Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know. He'll win. I think he'll win the Supreme probably, but I... I yeah, I just don't like the way he, he goes over hurdle. I don't. I think he's fairly straightforward going. I think there's there's nothing wrong with his head carriage or anything. But it's. Um, I just don't like the way he jumps. He doesn't seem to. Yeah, for for one who Willie Mullins has said he hasn't seen anything like him in years. I know he's not burying fields or he's not. He doesn't travel. Maybe he he might just be one of these horses that last forever because he he just looks after himself a bit. But I don't know. Um, I'd say he's I'd say he's a horseman's horse. You know, uh, I'd say that. <laughs> well, Paddy's here. Let's ask Paddy. Paddy, what, what did you make of Fasil Vega? We've seen it basically canter twice and win. One of them's a great one. Yeah, uh, well, I'm I'm the opposite, lads. I really like. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you were right, Demo. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, some sometimes visually. Uh, you, you can look at a horse and just their gait. I mentioned about him and, and Real Wacker the other day. They've just got a real nice natural gait. They, they gallop. Not every horse gallops uh, that, that easy on the eye, but he's got a nice way of going along. He's a big, big lad. And I mean, the other day, it was a little bit of a messy race because he looked like he wanted to take a lead off Ilete Tom, but he went mad out to his right and uh, at the first. And then plan A had to go to plan B pretty quick, but even the on the second, I think he's a fair horse. I know I had to take him to Turles to get him off the mark, and but he ran far better, uh, way above uh, the other day what he did when when he won at Turles. And Danny Mullins, we know how canny he is, and you could see him in behind Townend, filling up, filling up. He kept running the bit through this horse's mouth, and like, he looked for a stride or two, like he he was going to give 
uh, Fasa had a bit to do, but you know, he, he away he went. Oh, honestly, lads, I, I think I think he's a he's a he's a proper big unit, and all he's going to do is improve with with match practice. Yeah, fair enough. It's odds on already for the Supreme. I actually agree with you, Paddy, in the the, the second Ete Tomps. Um, for a moment, I did think was going to get onto the Hunkers, but didn't quite get there. Um, that looks a horse to stay on side with. That's going to obviously skip. Handicap, the, yeah, uh, something like the county hurdles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, looks, it looks so obvious at this point. I also thought the same would be applicable to um, something like high definition, but maybe they didn't expect to win the first day, so they may have to um, raise sights. So fascinating to... Um, talk about those lossy mouth did what lossy mouth was expected to do i would suggest and a few of those races were a little bit meh but still very good anything else there catch your eye as um over the christmas period that you know we haven't we've talked about most of the big names uh, yeah, there's two, uh, or sorry, there's three, but there's two for, for, for the one race. First of all, the race, the real steel one for Eric McNamara. That, that was such a good, yeah. such a brilliant training performance. My God, that, that yard is so good at that anyway. But Eric McNamara now to, uh, to tilt him like this and into a race and to win as well as he did. I mean, he came from well back to field to go on and win that race. Um, it, it's a brilliant, brilliant uh, performance. And these small Irish yards, they, they are adept at it. But there was two in that race. Uh, one, Foxy Jacks. Um, yep. he was br- he ran super throughout and last year this horse also ran a blinder when he was second to Birchdale now he just bumped into one everybody on this video preview we were all backing him uh, Birchdale yeah, so knows, yeah. yes we yep. were thrilled but Foxy Jackson he was looking that day and again here he ran a screamer of a race and then just didn't quite see out the three miles um, but dropping back in trip and I hope they keep this young lad Shane Fenlon on him as well because he'll, he'll claim seven off again Foxy Jacks is going to win a big one at Leperstown and I think it'll be that race at the Dublin Racing Festival as long as him, he doesn't bump into a Birchdale again. And then the horse in six, the same for that same race at the Dublin Racing Festival, Gabby's Cross ran a huge race. Um, yeah. Really big race. Under Peter Carberry, he just didn't stay as well as Real Steel because they both made their move at the exact same time, him and, Mac- him and Connor McNamara. And this horse just 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 didn't see it out at the end. So Gabby's Cross and Foxy Jacks at the Dublin Racing Festival. I do think one of those two will win that big handicap chase there. Henry was um, very complimentary about Gabby's Cross before the race as well. He couldn't understand why he had one so short in the market and one so long in the market. So it's always worth bearing in mind for future engagement. 100%. I, I backed him that day and he, he won at Galway and then went on to, to the Kerry National and he just hit a few and didn't quite get into it, but he stayed on really well. Um, so yeah. he's there's there's definitely another handicap in him. Um the, the other one that has a big... There, sorry, there's two more as well for another handicap hurdle. Green Glory won very well for Charles Burns. Very well backed. Really nice touch. In second, Spirit of Legend. He just looked like a wayward five-year-old now. Uh, but he ran a huge race in spite of himself. Clearly very talented. Owned by Chris Jones. Trained by Henry de Bromhead. He kind of went left at, at the final hurdle and kind of hung. If he cuts that nonsense out, he was giving like... Fifteen pounds to the winner there. Uh, Spirit Legends will one hundred percent off his mark of one hundred twenty-five. He'll get into a decent handicap hurdle later on this season, and if he wins a double race, so he could end up going on to something like a Cheltenham. I think he's very good. Uh, just a bit of a madman now at the moment. And then in fourth, uh, the Dempsey's had one who, uh, let's just say, he ran on quite well under urgings late on uh, when he probably mm-hmm. wasn't in it early enough. But never a dull moment at fourteen to one there. Another five-year-old for. Um, for the Dempsey's he flew on late and never a dull moment is 100% a horse to be tracking later on this season because there will be plenty of races at uh, where I'd imagine he'll go off shorter than uh, 14 to 1 and uh, the application of cash as they say Dean might uh, 
<laughs> might elicit a better performance. Yeah, often does. Often does. Paddy, anything else over the Christmas period that you thought ran well that we maybe didn't discuss? Well, lads, how about winter fog? Oh, good, yeah. good God, Paddy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Finally came good, I didn't mean, it? Honest to God, when, when your man jumped the last, I thought if, if he gave him one smack, it would have been enough. Well, he must have, he must have gave him five and he, he didn't get him pulled up, but he, he nearly ended up out in the motorway, lads. Yeah, trying to get him to pull up. I mean, because yeah. the horse in second, were, or no, the horse in third, one last tango, I mean, they punted him late on. And, you know, it, it, they looked to me like they, they got it right because he arrived there with his chance. But if them boys got it right, how much did they have in hand with Winter Fog? That was, that was a fair performance. You know, a competitive handicap and to pick up from the back of the last like that with plenty of weight on your back and, and, and hit the line as hard as what he did. Obviously, um, going forward, he's, he's one to keep on your side. There was... There was two more horse performances, and then I was going to go with a, a trainer performance. I'm just trying to, uh, you lose track of the track of the dates, um, but the horse of Tom is it Tom Mullins or Tony Mullins who won the bumper at Leperstown? At uh, Tom, yeah, um, Tom Mullins horse in the bumper. I mean, I think w- when you heard when you heard him on on the the podcast the day after, did obviously had a good feat. Um, facile mode wasn't it um yep. because you know lecky watson's a fair horse and you hear patrick afterwards i mean that race was seven seconds faster than Stateman's race you know mm. I, I think this facile mode and and even visually he do he looks a little bit of a shell facile mode i'd say that f- the 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 phone in the mullins house has been absolutely hot i just thought I just hope, Paddy, for poor old Tom Mullins that this horse doesn't end up with a new owner and training by Willie. You fucking just leave it with poor old Tom now, please, God. <laughs> I say they're sick of losing the horses to, the, to that brother of theirs, that's it. Well, it depends if Willie's on the phone to his owners going buy this and send it down here, please, because that's what normally happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then yeah. there was there was another one as well, lads, of Mulrines. I'm just trying to dig him out here. And Patrick got beat on him in the, in the bumper um, at Leopardstown, one of the days, um, your your man Swan came and got him on the line. Um, I'm just trying to dig out his name here, but the but the trainer performance I wanted to mention was Owen McCarthy, boys. Oh yeah, sorry, mm-hmm. Paddy. Paddy, that one you're talking about there is. Uh, did I ask you that? Wasn't that's it? the one, uh, Dermo? I mean, he 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 kicked and went to win his race, and uh, you know he he got a bit lonely and a bit tired. And he got chinned on the line, but they were over 12 lengths clear of the third. Um, I just thought he was, and Patrick said it himself on, on the on the pod that he does there, that it was one that got away. Um, but yeah, de- definitely he, he'll be he'll be one to keep on the right side of. But yeah, oh, McCarthy, because he, on the, he came straight on the TV. Great speaker as well. He's not a fellow I'd came across before and didn't even know he had 50 horses in training. But, um, but he, after he'd had the winner... The first day, he came straight on and told Fran Berry that I, the, the very next day he would have a winner as well. And I think he had three winners down at Limerick over the Christmas period. So, no, cracking stuff. And, and um, Owen McCarthy, definitely a, a fellow who, who doesn't doesn't go around with his eyes shut. So, I definitely thought he was the, the, the trainer of the, of the festive period. Love it. 
Love it, Paddy. Yeah, well worth highlighting that. I thought, um, you know, for those who, who listen to us regularly, and hopefully there's plenty of you uh, listening to us right now, that we've all been caught performance in the maiden hurdle at Cheltenham on uh, New Year's Day. We'll, uh, we'll set you up nicely if you got involved at big prices, thanks to this podcast earlier on for the Albert Bartlett. Uh, obviously, we're all hoping that, that that train continues to go forward, but that looked very, very good and uh, exactly what we would have expected. And then, you know, I mentioned it earlier on, Dermo, uh, Marie's Rock. Don't get involved with the stayers and make sure that it goes in the right race because um, we'll, we'll bring the double off. I think That'd now nice. Epitant ends up going for the uh, the mayor's hurdle. I wonder now, would Nicky get a bit itchy and go, do you know what, we might just give this an old go here, maybe. Well, you know, well, they look, they're very sporting connections, aren't they, Midland Park and stuff. So they'll, they'll probably have a go. Um, they'll probably have a go at something. But... I do think that race at Mercy, unless you know. <laughs> but my money's on, on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well said. Well said. Okay. Um, I think you know. I think that's a really good review, actually, of the Christmas period. We were treated to some fantastic racing. Uh, don't forget, on Friday we will have a crack here um, at the Tote Guarantee of the 250k uh, place part at Sandown. I'm going to do that with Jamie Benson and Darren Hughes will be along on Friday to have a. Um, a look at some of the weekend's racing. Is there anything that caught your eye ahead of the weekend already, Derma? Uh, yeah, there's one, Dean, and uh, most of our listeners will know, it's my favourite horse of the season so far, is I know the way you're thinking. Um, yeah. I believe you're kind of a, a bit of a convert now after I sent you on the clip of his last win. Um, he is now going up in trip for the grade one on... Lola's an ace, isn't it? On yeah, Sunday. two miles four. Class. Two miles four yeah. is going to suit him perfectly. Dean's soft ground is going to suit yeah. him perfectly. He won't... Yeah. You know, he had that moment last race where he, he needed to get his head together. He won't... He shouldn't need it anymore. Gavin Cromwell's brilliant at bringing these horses through. Grange Clare West is favourite. He's looked very good. But I think this lad is excellent. And at five to one, I just think it's a big, big price here. Uh, Gaelic Warrior yeah. second favourite. I'm not a... Conf- I'm not a. I'm not sure that'll go. Will it? Will they want to race one, three, four? But they, they might. Well, they seem to believe that he's a Grade One horse. Um, yeah, but there's big pots out there of one, three, four. I, I know. I know. But yeah, uh, you never know. You never know. Irish Point Champ Kylie Don Rising Spanish Harlem Tree Card Brag. It's an unbelievable race. Yeah. Um, but I think I know the way you're thinking. I, I really like him, and um, at five to one, I'm going to back him for Sunday. But I'm not taking Stephen Cass's advice of, of rolling it on. I think uh, thirty-three to one, which he is for the uh, the Ballymore, is just. It's far too big as well, so I'll back him for that also. Yeah, Stephen Castle, I always mention that little bit of uh, advice he's given us before, and I always do the opposite. But I, always I never follow it, well. ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's far too sensible for us, far too good uh, uh, at punting than, than we are. Uh, Paddy, anything catch your eye ahead of the weekend? I did see the last day is back, who I know me and you have liked uh, in the past for various different contests. He did come good at the back end of last year. He's back in action. And Gal had uh, quests out, Dean. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know that. <laughs> it's actually in an, in what looks a, a very winnable race. Yeah, it's good to see Galad Quest back um, up against likes of Celebra Dallaire, who's what fifty five years old or something, but still still seems to always go off very short prices. Um, yeah, I don't know, Paddy. You, I mean, you talk to me. I'm going to back Galad Quest. I don't think I need to tell you. You just want. To, we all have them horses that live in our head rent free, Dino. Um, I have about 50, Paddy, but no, yeah. He, yeah he, he's do. definitely definitely one of them. But I suppose the thing is, at least the stable, they've had another winner today at Hereford. They're, they're running far better now. Uh, oh, they're getting there, know. yeah, for sure. I thought uh, Hermes Boy ran well at the weekend as well, just bumped into one. Um, they've had, what, a couple of winners since then, one on, one on New Year's Day, and then, as you say, uh, one's gone in today. So maybe this is the time. Yeah, but you, your, your loyalty will always be admired. So at least you've got that trait in your in your favor dino but there was a, there was a yep. couple of bits if anybody didn't see i know we're, it, it's very small fry but if anybody didn't see the bumper at musselburgh yesterday 
have a look mm. because one of my favorite sires, I'm always rattling on about how good value Diane is as a sire. But Nicky Richards had a horse called Florida Dreams yesterday and it got up and beat one of Ollie Murphy's. And it, it this looked like, you know, he, he brought a few up there, but this was the main one he brought up, Active Authority, who'd cost 300 grand after winning a point in Ireland. And this Florida Dreams, you stop the race going through the wings of the second last and Florida Dreams is going to be fourth at best. Um, but he definitely looks like a horse going forward and a good no for Healy, Syndicate horseback and third of Donald McCain's. So if anybody has a chance, have a look at that because he, he looks a proper one. And then at the yep. weekend, the Tallworth is an absolute banger, Dino. Um, yeah. Absolute. I don't think we're going to get Lucia, though. Seems to be out. Uh, Lucia, yeah. It's, it, the, yep. That's disappointing. But even still, honestly, I mean, this race... Oh, still class. Gary Moore, uh, it, it'd be great for the owners that the, the Gallagher's would authorise speed. But I love this Tamaris of Paul Nichols. I hope they're not going into their knee uh, up to their knees at, at, at Sandown. It could be quite a grueling old race. The Talbot Arctic mm. Brazil is in there, but I love this Tamaris. I think he's a proper unit of um of Paul Nichols and he's another one from the, the Noel Fahidi Racing Syndicate. He's, he he does source these horses extremely well. But no, some good stuff to go at the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you very much for that. That Tollworth, as you rightly say, is going to be a belter. Uh, we look forward to Dermo's uh, horse to follow for the season as well, of course, going at Nace on Sunday. Uh, yeah, but my eyes would obviously be on Galag Quest. But more about that on Friday when we catch up with Jamie Benson and Darren Hughes. Uh, you've been listening to the Race Hour podcast. My thanks go to Dermot Nolan and Paddy Asper. It was our Christmas review. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed it. And we will be back uh, just in a couple of days here on the Race Hour. Brought to you, of course, with the tote.co.uk. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews.